was working with Mike today, and I, I told him, I said, I know now why I hate being around you. And uh, he looked at me like, why? I said, because you work. Uh, it's, it's a good thing to learn how to work. Working is good for you because you don't stop. You never stop. Uh, take your Bibles. Go to, uh, real quick, I, I'm, I'm going to be quick tonight. We got to go see a baby today. That was a blessing. Talk to George. Talk to uh, Rich Miller. He's doing good. George is doing good. George is probably going to be back here in about a week or two. He's starting to really get up and move around. He said he hurts a little bit. Uh, Rich, Rich is having a good time on the pain medicine. Uh, <laughs> I called him and said, yo, man, what's up? <laughs> you could hear his voice. He didn't say it quite like that. But uh, I, can hear, I can hear the voice uh, as he's talking about it. You know, just, just, you could say, I don't know what they got him on. Is it Oxycontin or something? Codeine? How do you, uh, whatever it is, it's a, uh, uh, he's, he's, he says, yeah, it's really good. My toe don't hurt, though. <laughs> it's a, that was a good thing. And then uh, take your Bibles, like you said there. Go to 1 Timothy 4, 4.1. It's an old verse. Everybody knows it. Good verse. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it for a reason. Uh, it's just amazing some things happened today that I thought was interesting. And uh, just a little encouragement, hopefully. Don't mean to discourage you. If I said anything about your cat, I was rebuked today. I'm sorry I offended your cat. If I said anything about a cat that hurt your feelings. Uh, if you love cats, it's okay for you to love cats. I can still hate them. And, uh, but I'm sorry if I offended you saying I hate your cat. Uh, my daughters have cats. Uh, I think Andrew has a cat. I'm not sure. I think everybody in my family, I'm the only one without a cat. Uh, I don't have an animal in my house at all. I, maybe I would need to get some. I'm going to say a few things about that. It's just a, Tim, Timothy. I ain't going to say nothing about cats. I'm going to stay away from cats. I just want to apologize. It's kind of hard to apologize about something uh, like that, but you do it. You do it anyways. 4.1 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap up, uh, heap to themselves teachers having engineers, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but also unto all them that love his appearing. Father, thank you again for your blessings tonight. Bless the message, Lord, and I'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. I preached this message before, and I'll preach it again, and I think uh, it, you should never get tired of hearing something over and over again. It, it keeps your mind, hopefully, where it needs to be. Uh, I like King, King uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, one of the most wickedest kings in the whole wide world was Ahab. Ahab was a terrible guy. I mean, you go go read about him, man. He's just he just, but he listened to his wife all the time. You got to watch him, guys, who have strong wives. Wives, wives, you know what? You, the hardest thing you'll ever do is submit yourself unto your. Is my battery's dead? Wow, man. You mean I got to start all over? Oh, I got mute on. How about that? Hang on, let me try that. Some cats, man. Testing one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. There you go. Uh, it's some cats, man. I'm telling you, you start talking about the cats. But Ben Haydad, Ben Haydad is a, is, a, is a wicked king, but he said something. You know, every now and then somebody says, they said a clock is right. Twi- a broken clock is right twice a day. 
Uh, I mean, it, it's at 12, if it breaks on 12, it'll, it'll be 12 o'clock twice a day. So everybody can be right. Ben-Hadad said in 1 Kings 20, verse 1, it says, And Ben-Hadad, not Ben-Hadad, but Ahab, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were 30 and two kings with him, and horses and chariots, uh, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. Verse 11 in 1 Kings 20, 11, and uh, the king, he came against uh, uh, Ben-Hadad, and, and king, uh, the king of Israel, which is Ahab, answered and said, Tell him, Ben-Hadad, uh, let, him, let not uh, him that girdeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it off. I like that, man. I said, I said you hadn't won the battle yet. You haven't won yet, so shut up. When we get done with the battle, whoever takes the harness off, that's the guy that's got bragging rights. You ain't got no bragging rights yet. Here's one little guy against, how many kings did I say, 30 and 2? 32 kings come up with 32 armies, and here's a guy that's all by himself, and he says, you know what, I am a wicked king, but he still has God on his side. God's still going to take care of that. You know, there's still time to do something for God. You can't ever stop that thing. Paul, he finishes this thing right here. He says, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. Uh, Brendan, this thing ain't over till it's over. Amen. And it's not over till you're done. When you're out of here, you can say, I finished my fight. I'm ready to go. But, but the, there's a fight. Uh, Beth asked me a question today on the way to, uh, we went out to see Travis and Michaela. And Beth was all happy because she was getting, she's one of the first persons to hold a little baby and she was tickle pink. Jake beat us out. Uh, Jake, Jake goes in there, but he's a nurse. So you can't really count him, I guess. But he, he beat us out. And uh, so I was sitting there talking to him and, and Beth was sitting there having a good time. And on the way out there, she goes, uh, what is one of the best times, or what was the best, uh, the most exciting time you had in life, you know, going around the world and all the other stuff? And I had to stop and think about that thing. And, and the first, really, the first thing that really popped in my mind was getting kicked out of the chief's mess. I mean, fighting for God. I enjoyed that, man. I mean, I don't know if there's something just in a man that you got to just stand up and just let the hair come up on the back of your head and get in some old master she's face and start yelling and screaming at him and let him scream and yell at you back. And just, I mean, just unload, man. I just like that sometimes. But that was, I, I look back and said, man, you know, stuff like that right there where I knew where the Lord was at in my life almost every moment as we was going through there. And his presence was so real. To me, those are the most precious times in my life. I mean, I've, I've been all over the place, man. I've been all over Europe. I've been everywhere. Not everywhere, but I've been a lot of places. And they're all okay. And it's fun being there. But, man, I tell you what, when you get to do something for the Lord, Amen. it never goes away. Amen. That thing is, I'm expecting to get to heaven and him showing me a rerun on that. And at least saying, you've you done good, man. You've done good. Once you did good. That's okay. I'm, I'm good for that. Timothy is sitting here. He says, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Or Paul says that. Paul is now an elderly man. He's, he's done what he could. Paul, when he was lost, was serving God. Then he gets saved and he continues on serving God until he gets ready to, get, to die. There's no discharge in that war. Death, death is coming to every one of us. You can't get away from it. But brethren, your, your mindset has to be that way all the way through. Paul, Paul never quits, man. Uh, he, he, he ends this thing with a ceremony. I got a little note here saying it's a ceremony. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I don't know if you ought to do it for just the, the pleasure of getting stuff, uh, more than doing it for what Jesus Christ did for you. Me and Mike was sitting over the day, and we, we went over there, and uh, uh, we, we had to get some carpet out of the thing, and Mike come over there, and I was hoping, I tried to talk him out of it this morning, but he just wouldn't do it. And he said he was coming. I'm like, okay. So I, and I had some other stuff we was doing, and I had to kind of shift everything around to get it. But he comes over there, and, 
And uh, in the process of us being there, a Lowe's truck was delivering a door for the back of that house from the first door we're going to put in. And uh, I didn't pass out a gospel track. Here's these two guys on a Lowe's truck. And they both look like they're in dire need of a gospel track. And I don't have any. So here goes Mike, man. He's older than I am. That is, that's even worse. I mean, here I am. I'm 65 and he's 73. And he's running across the yard to go to his truck to get a gospel track. Now, he didn't come all the way down here to the church. That would have been even more impressive. But, but he runs to his truck, gets two gospel tracks, and brings them back. And that started, what, a 35, 40-minute conversation uh, between these two guys. And come to find out, one guy was saved. The other guy said he was a Jew. Uh, in the end of the thing, he said he was saved. And we sit there and talk back and forth. Iron sharpened than iron. You know what Mike did is he sharpened my iron a little bit, and I got to sharpen his iron a little bit. And we got to sharpen the iron of a couple of guys sitting out there today. And I realized, you know, here, you, man. I am so far away from everything. Please excuse me sometimes. I, 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 the thing is moving so fast now that nobody can actually keep up with what's going on. And a lot of younger people, when I say young people, I have I've had old people get mad at me. Well, all you care about is young people. No, I care about old people too, but man, these young ones are facing some things that's totally different. When I say young, I'm talking about 40 and under, maybe 50 and under. Uh, I'm telling you what, they're facing something woke. I mean, I have to look up. I don't even understand woke. I mean, I, I woke to me is you do this. I was asleep and I woke. That's me. That's what woke is. Some of the goals of the woke culture dissolve the nuclear family. I don't even know what a nuclear family is. I think you ought to have a husband and wife and kids. It was a blessing today to go in there and see. Uh, I remember when, when uh, uh, Michaela was all depressed because she didn't have an ID card. And it was a blessing. Oh, man. She's going to kill me when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. No, nah, I ain't going to say it. She's cute. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to her later. But, but we, went, we went to find her. and they, She wasn't at the hospital. And she was at the hospital, but there's a long story why she wasn't at the hospital. And, uh, but when we first met her, or she started coming here, she, was, she couldn't do anything. She couldn't get a green card. She couldn't get nothing, man. And, uh, and she's, here she is, a white uh, Anglo-Saxon American woman. And, she, and, and they, they'll give somebody coming across the border everything and money. And diapers and formula and the whole those food and places to stay and put you up in New York City, man. But if you're born in America, they won't do a thing for you, and you can look like an American. This world is getting crazy, man. This woke generation, woke generation. Dissolve the nuclear family. She now has her ID card. She now has access to a driver's license. She has all this stuff. Her husband is, and they're working out. And Travis told me, he said, brother, thank you. You know, that's, to me, that's what it should be. You help a young couple get together. They were already together, but you help them get up on their feet and, and move them along, and they head down the path. I'm telling you what, brother, that's what the ministry is to me. I like doing stuff like that. This woke garbage has dissolved the nuclear family. No, it's not about Jack and Jill. No, it's not about Jack and Bill. It's not a, about Jill and, and Bill. It's, it's Bill, Jill, and somebody else. You got to watch what I say, too, because trying to say some stuff, I said some stuff about Beth Sunday morning. She still loves me. She cares a whole lot about me, so y'all don't have to worry about her. She, she was laughing all the way home, and, and uh, somebody said, you, all take your, you always take your foot out of your mouth. No, I just keep my shoe in my mouth. Uh, that way it keeps me out of trouble. But anyways, dissolve the nuclear family. Abolish capitalism. Uh, how in the world could you abolish capitalism? That's the way you make your money. We had a guy come to church here a few minutes ago. Well, he didn't come to church. Uh, I'll, I'll say, I told him I'd say this. He wants a job. He wants y'all to give him a job. He don't want to go to church here, but he wants you to give him your money so that you can, he can make money on you doing uh, basement floors, bathrooms, kitchens. Well, we got rich to do basement floors. 
Uh, bathrooms, we got Mike and myself, and kitchens, we got Mike and myself and Rich and Joe and Andrew and a few others, and anybody else who wants to uh, smash your finger with a hammer. Uh, electrical stuff, I can do electrical flooring, we've got that down. Painting, all the ladies do a great job painting. Plumbing, we got Mike again. Roofing, we got Chico. Uh, <laughs> we don't do the roofing stuff, man. Sidings and sheds and decks, we can handle that, but the roofing stuff, no, we get, we get uh, Jose, man, we'll get him to do it. He's got like four, he, he, loves, he, loves doing, he loves doing roofs. He's not part of the church, but we use him, we love him, he does a great job. But there's a card if you want, but I, he's standing right outside the door. I said, you go to church anywhere? Yes. I'm like, well, why aren't you in church? I'm thinking that. I said, here's a good church right here you can go to tonight. No, 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 So you come to church wanting God's stuff, but you don't want to come to the church to be around God's people. He wants God's people. I'm like, I, 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 this, this world is just, it's gone, man. It's, they want you to, capitalism, but I got to hand it to him. I mean, he's, he's beating the feet trying to get money. That's the capitalistic pig dog in us all, man. I mean, that's just the way you got to do it. You always should make more money. If you can make more money, it's, it'd solve your problem. This thing is moving so fast. Eliminate religion. That's this stuff right here. Not, not just the Catholicism and everything else. I mean, re eliminate religion altogether. Rewrite our constitution and raise uh, children that are general, gender neutral. No to all of that. Uh, other actions by the woke is a cancel. Now, I, I even feel sorry for them guys out And I hate actors because they're actors. And they all sit there. They act. They're, they're really not what they appear to be on the screen. They're just not that. Uh, some of them are really wicked people. But if they say the wrong thing at the right time, they, their movie gets canceled. Cartoon characters are, are they, uh, who was it, Dilbert? No, what was that? Is that Dilbert they canceled? I don't even know what the guy said. I, I mean, I have no idea what he said, but he said something that they canceled. We're in a place anymore where you can't even say anything. Uh, you can listen to what they say, and you're supposed to accept that, but you say back what you want to say. They don't want nothing to do with it, and they want to, they want to nail you, and they're using the government to do it. Uh, defunding the law enforcement, which is, like, really stupid, because you defund the law enforcement. Let's get rid of the military. The Chinese and Russians will take you over in a heartbeat, so you, you won't have to. You'll be speaking Chinese. Uh, and uh, while refusing to prosecute crimes. I'm, 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 uh, I think murder, you should die. Yeah. Solve the problem. You think that's great? Okay, that's, that's cruel, mean. I know, I got that, I got that. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I think capital punishment should be, I mean, as many prisoners as we got in jail right now, and you may think I'm, you should have somebody dying every day. And you know what will happen after a time? That, that'll, that'll taper off because people realize, hey, these people are serious. Uh, what's wrong with us today is we're not doing anything serious anymore. And Paul is sitting here and, and he's going, hey, you're a, henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That's not something that's just going to be given to you or me just because you. it says you love his appearing. I don't think many people love his appearing that aren't really trying to see him while they're walking daily. If you're trying to see him walking daily, you're going to be looking for him to come back. When you're looking for him to come back, you're going to be looking for him, and he's going to know that, and he's going to see that in your life, and he's going to, you're going to get a blessing out of the thing in the end. You know what Paul did? His whole life was that. This thing about I can go and do whatever I want to do all day long and then give God this block of time in my life, I'm sorry, brother, that is just not the way to do that. The way to do it is, is you guys are coming along further. I just handed out a couple more prayer books. I got, I got some more on order. I mean, I'll give them, you say, why would you give those out? Because I want you to get a relationship with Jesus Christ to a place where you can sit down and talk to him and he will tell you what to do. 
And you will know beyond a shadow of doubt what God wants you to do. Then all you got to do is do it. <laughs> that's the, I'm telling you, man, when he tells you what to do and you do it, that's the best time you'll ever have in your life. Uh, there is moments, I'm just, moments down through my, where even he told me not, I love it when he tells me what not to do. And I still do it and I mess up, but I know he told me not to do it. And then he still loves me. Boy, I tell you what, Paul had, had somebody that when he fell in love with him, he couldn't stop anything but that. I mean, he had to do it. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, with the, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. He's going to give me something in that day. There's coming a day out there somewhere. It's, it's well worth it. will be worth it all. That song, it will be worth it all. One of these days when this world is passed, it'll be worth it. Those two guys, I invited them to the, the spaghetti dinner. I mean, we got a spaghetti dinner. It's a blast. It really is a blast. Mike was telling them how much a blast it was. I got into the spirit of the spaghetti dinner. I told the two guys, I said, hey, I will pay for your dinners and your wife's, your family. And they go, we got big families. I said, whoa, whoa, just immediate family, immediate. <laughs> we might not have enough spaghetti for all of them. Uh, and, and you know what a blessing was? Mike was sitting there going, I hope they come. I hope they come. I hope they come. I hope they come. That's a blessing, man. That was him doing that, and I got to be there and watch it. I had somebody else the other day that hardly ever passed out, and I don't think they ever passed out tracks. He goes, don't tell anybody. My wife knows, but I passed some tracks out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> now, see, you may say, well, no, no, you know what that is? That's somebody who's never thought about it before, and all of a sudden they realize, hey, this is really something to do. You know, it's, it's a great thing to do. The Lord is looking for a few good men and women. Just to be, Beth puts me to shame. We go out to, out, out the, uh, uh, we get done. Mike, Mike tells me we're over, and, and I call Beth to try to get her to come up here and help us sweep, and she won't. She stays down here sweeping. Uh, she don't want bed bugs, which I got that. But uh, uh, she tells me she's hungry, though. Like, it's my responsibility to feed her. Well, Mike thinks it's my responsibility to feed her, too. So he tells me to take her out to lunch. So I take her to Five Guys, Burgers, and Fries. And when we leave out of there, she's passing tracks out. I'm like, you're just trying to make me look guilty, aren't you? And she's like, yep, yep, you didn't do it. I'm like, man, I said, I didn't do it this morning with Mike, and now I'm not doing it with you, and I'm sitting here telling everybody that that's what you should be doing. But if you're going to not do it, hang out with somebody who will. I will tell you that, man. Make sure the person that's with you has a lot of tracks. That's all you got to do, man. You get out of it real good. The ceremony. There's a ceremony that's going to happen at the end of this thing. Uh, and I like Bob Jones Sr. Bob Jones Sr. is always great. Every successful man I've ever met has come uh, at some point, sometime, under the dominating power of a great truth. Uh, any man you ever met, Donald Trump, I don't care which one it is, they got a truth in their mind and they took it off that direction. Paul got one on the road to Damascus. He got one actually as he was serving God. I think Paul had it prior to the road to Damascus, uh, but he just didn't have the direction he needed. He got it. He goes, don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of, of the immediate. You're, right now, this world is trying to get you to give all your, your life to this. I was talking to a lady last night just crying her eyeballs out because the job is killing her. And they want her to work more and more and more and more and more. She's been there 25. I said, quit the job. The stinking job don't matter. I can't quit. Yeah, you can. How much do you make? You don't make that much. Now, if you're making $85, $90 an hour, okay, man, maybe, just maybe. But you're making 15 20 bucks an hour, you get that at McDonald's. Okay, you, that's, that's, that's nothing in this world should eat your lunch to the point where you can't tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Or you're so, I mean, you, that you're not even thinking. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what I was thinking about giving them guys tracks. Here's Mike running. I hate being around him, 73 years old. 
I mean, I just don't like it. It just, it irritates me when somebody else makes me feel bad. Uh, the greatest ability is dependability. You need to be dependable, but to Jesus Christ. The test of your character is what it takes to stop you. What's going to take to stop you in this world? I'm not going to read all the rest of them. But, but the devil's going to try to stop us no matter what. He said, finish the job. You know what Paul did right here? He's finished the job. He says, I've finished my course. He said, I'm now ready to be offered. But guess what? We're still here. And Paul, this book is just a lot. Brother Joe said that Sunday night. This book is just as much pertinent for right now as it was 2,000 years ago. This thing right here is just as valid right now. You want to, I was reading through my Bible. You read through your Bible? Ever read your Bible? It's an interesting book. I like Ezekiel. Man, I was going to preach out of Ezekiel, but I, I, I didn't. I'm not. You know what Jesus said his job was to, to come, what he was come for? To seek and save that which was lost. You know what Ezekiel says? Uh, he says, for thus saith the Lord God, behold, uh, 3411. He goes on down through there. He says, and I will feed my flock. That's the Lord talking. He says, thus saith the Lord God. God's talking. Verse 16, I will seek that which was lost. You know, he's the same today as he was yesterday as he'll be in the future. He's still seeking the same thing. Those that are lost and have lost their way to get them back in. You know, we get a prayer. Those two guys, man, they walked away. Happy. That one guy said that he was going, he, he said, I was up on the, I went to school up here on top of the hill from first grade to uh, the uh, eighth grade. I said, are you saved? He goes, yep, I know I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I said, hey, man, you need to tell this guy right here, as y'all driving around the truck, you need to preach to this guy right here. He goes, he does all the time, man. He says, we talk about it all the time in the truck. And he just kept going and going and going. They finally, somebody says, I know who this is. Hang on. It is. It's a moron. I will say morons from time to time, but that's okay. But, uh, but, but the guy just sit there and talked and talked and talked, and we had a blessing, and they walked away, and they may just, they may just come to church on, on to eat spaghetti. Might not be able to get them in church for anything else, but hey, we get them in church for spaghetti. That's a good thing. It starts. It starts somewhere, man. Give them a meal. You know what I was sitting there thinking? I said, Lord, we... You, you don't know what kind of people are out in this world today. They're crazy. They're insane. If they're woke, I mean, the, the term woke is so far away from me, I, I just, but they're out there. And you can't just bring everybody in because you don't know exactly what you're bringing in. But the Lord knows who to bring in. If we do what we're supposed to do, he'll put you right in a path to talk to somebody, tell them about Jesus Christ, and you can reach them. And they can say, then you've got to help them. I've had people say you should disciple people. Well, then they'll take it to one side and forget about the other side. But you got to sit here somehow in this world and reach them and help them, and we still got that opportunity. Finish the job. Timothy says, therefore, my son, be strong. Paul is telling Timothy over in 2 Timothy 2.1, be strong and just keep on going. Don't ever let anything stop you on this planet. Don't let it stop you. You, God and you are a majority, Amen. period. And you have just as much power as anybody else. The problem is we're just afraid to tell somebody something. Well, do whatever you're supposed to do when the opportunity opens. Do it. Almost everything I've ever done has opened up at a moment. I did not know that those two guys wanted to talk up there. I, I, we just started. Mike started the thing. Next thing I know, it goes on for a half hour, 35, 40 minutes. And you say, what was that? You, you're just, you're ready, always ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. Are you ready tonight? Would you be ready? Uh, there's a Canadian lady. Oh, man. Time and chance happen to every man. Happens to ladies sometimes, too. Uh, one Canadian snow cover night, there was a lady, a guy named Fred, saw a train stopped out there next to him, and, and he went out there and was helping him 
And there was a lady, Kitty, on the train. And he helped her, never said nothing that night. They started writing back and forth. Next thing you know, they get married. Uh, and she wrote a song in, a, in the harvest field not ripen. There's a work for all to do. Every one of us got something to do. And you can't ever stop doing it. It never ends. It never ends. You just keep going. Uh, Paul gives you the conclusion. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. But that's at the end of his life. There was a lot of life between that statement and the Damascus Road. There's a lot of life he had in there. And he lived and did all kinds of stuff. He worked and put tents together. He did all kinds of things in life. But he always preached the word and was instant in season, out of season. He reproved, he rebuked. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Just, for a, just real, real quick. He did that. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. He's finished his, but we got to finish ours too. I'm, all I'm trying to say is it never ends. Don't ever think you've arrived. Uh, what a lot of people do is think I've arrived. You haven't arrived. You never arrived. There's always something more to learn. If you're, you're breathing and you're vertical, I was talking to a brother of mine. Y'all pray for a brother Yoakum. Uh, his eyes, he lost sight in one of his eyes. And uh, it's, he said it's like, he said it's just a black fuzzy looking thing. And he was going to preach for a Sunday morning and he's not going to now. I, I told him, I said, brother, now that's a cheap way of getting out of preaching. I said, if you don't want to preach, just tell me you don't want to preach and that's okay. I was just laughing at him. We was having fun. And, and I said, brother, and he was, he was saying a couple things. I said, you know what? The Lord knows right where you're at. And if it's laying on your bed trying to take care of your eyes, exactly what you should be doing, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You don't have to worry about it. I said, brother, God's doing it. He said, brother, thank you for calling me. I said, yeah, don't worry about it, man. I said, it's not that big a deal. I said, God knows exactly what you're doing and who you are. Man, he knows your thoughts. He, oh, I was reading through Ezekiel. He, he hears everything. that He knows way before you say anything. David, David was sitting there, and he goes, I, I know... Man, don't go away. Stay right there. I hope I marked it. I probably didn't. I should have. But the Lord, Lord was sitting there saying, oh, yeah. Ezekiel. Lord's talking to Ezekiel. And he goes down there and he goes, also, thou son of man, the children of the people still are talking against thee by the walls. Do you know that he knows what you're saying when you think you're by yourself and you're telling somebody else and nobody knows it? And he will tell somebody else. He will tell the person. He's telling Ezekiel that. He said, they're talking by the walls and in the doors and in the houses and speak one to another, everyone to his brother, saying, come and let us uh, come. I pray you and, and hear what is the word of the Lord that cometh forth from the Lord. And they're talking about going to talk to Ezekiel. He said, but they're, they're mocking you, man. The Lord's telling Ezekiel, he said, all these people, he said, I hear him. Do you realize he hears you? Brother, now we got we to treasure out there at the end of this thing. I got that. And there's crowns that are available out there at the end of this thing. I got that. But boy, along the way, he hears everything and he's writing it down. And you know what? You know, he says reprove, rebuke. Reprove means to warn you. Hey, he's listening to you. He's listening to me. He's listening to us. He's listening to the world. He's writing his stuff down. And he's going to bring that stuff right back up. You can't, you can't say nothing. That's what amazes me about God. You can't do anything, say anything that he's not watching and knows exactly. You know, the best thing you can do is keep 1 John in chapter 1 in your mind. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Just, just think you're a sinner all the time. Both those guys up on top of that hill, both of them knew they were sinners. One of them knew he was saved. The other one didn't. When we got done, the guy said, you know, I did that. I did that. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I, know, I remember the time when I did it. I'm like, okay, then you're saved. I said, now you're going to get into eternal security. And I, I, a simple verse, we make everything so complicated. 
John 3.16 is about as simple as you can. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have not perish and have everlasting life. I said, how long is everlasting? Forever. Then if you got it, I said, the key now is did you get it? And the other guy who said he was saved, he goes, there's where my problem's at. He goes, I'm always afraid I'm going to blow it and mess up and do this. I said, brother, yeah, but you're still saved. I said, do you not get that thing? You're still saved. The Bible is just as clear. you got some foundational stuff, and don't make it so complicated that nobody else can get it. The call. Get back to verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists. Brother Dave's an evangelist, but guess what? Every one of us are. We have an opportunity to evangelize the lost. The word evangelism has lost its meaning in our society, our culture today. Evangelize, Paul evangelized the lost, and then he set up churches, and then that's, we say now that's the job of a missionary. Well, I think a missionary and an evangelist are the same thing, pretty much. Uh, missionaries do travel overseas, but Paul was an evangelist. Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. Never forget that you're in this thing forever. I, would, I don't even want to say I would love to say that, you no, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, you're in this thing forever. You can't get out of it. There's no way out of it. You, you chose Jesus Christ. Somebody, somebody, brother, brother Steve said he, had, he was working with a guy, and the guy says, well, I don't know if I believe in heaven or hell. Can't, you just, can't he just, like, annihilate me when, and it's all said and done? No, it don't work that way. It is heaven or hell. And if you choose one of those, brother, that's, I am a servant at best to the God of this universe. That's all I am. And it doesn't matter. I can't win. I can't win for losing with him. I, you can't win. You cannot win with him. He, unless you do what he says do or you get on his side, I'm like, Lord, then help me understand and just agree and do what you tell me to do and help me see that and just move on. That's what we're here to do. Paul sits there and he says, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Each and every one of us have a ministry. You don't necessarily have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a preacher. You can just be a housewife. Uh, Michaela, I watched Michaela and Travis. They brought back memories. Beth was sitting there holding a little baby. It's amazing how, how we digress immediately when something, right down to their level. She's right there with the baby, man, having a great time. And I, I remember when she first had Andrew. Travis went through exactly what me and Beth went through, and here we are. We could help him, help him a little bit through there. And said, "Look, brother, just he goes. That's all I did, Mike, because I did what you said." He goes, I, "I was there and let her do her thing, and 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 she went through all this stuff." She goes, "Everything you said was right." I said, "Yeah, man, it's typical. When pain comes, there's not a whole lot that's going to happen but that." And I said, "The best thing you can do is just sit there and watch it." And now they both got this little baby sitting there, just as happy as. They, and you know what? God's done another miracle, and there's still miracles happening in our world. I may not be able to understand and keep up with everybody that's here right now as far as what you're going through in the world. I know somebody who can. His name is Jesus Christ. He can get you through anything. The condemnation, he says, for the time will come. Now, just remember, there's a verse right after this in another chapter uh, in Philemon. It says that uh, a heretic after the first or second admonition reject. Quit trying to constantly evangelize somebody that don't want to be evangelized. There is a million other people, man, you can find. And guess what? God will put you around them all day long. The, just don't keep going after the same person. If they don't want to hear, fine. Just make a deal with the Lord. Say, Lord, when they want it again, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them if they come back. But go find somebody else to tell about Jesus. The greatest thing this world needs is Jesus Christ. They don't need another business. They don't need another job. They need the Lord Jesus Christ is what they need. Preach the word. He tells them, preach the word. You know what the word is? Take your Bible. Go to John chapter 1. The word of God is your Bible, man. You're holding your Bible in your hand. It's a great book. 
Them guys today, man, we's all over the Bible. I was talking about Jesus everywhere, but you don't want the, the whole, your whole Bible is the Word of God. Everything, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning. I could have quoted the thing, should have just done it, but hey, I'll go there, you need to read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses mess up right there. They'll put right there, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. They'll throw the, the article in front of the gods, the last God. There is, there is two gods in there, and every time you say theos, theos is the, the Greek word for God. There's an article, if you write out Greek, there's an article in front of every time the word theos appears. But in translation, you remove the article and just say God. So in this way, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with a God, or the God, and the word was a God. It, it was an article in front of both of those. They take the first, second, leave the first article out, put the second article in, make it look like two gods. They just lied to you. You know what you need to do? You need to know your Bible. You need to know a couple basic things about your book. And then you need to believe it. This thing is a crazy book. The Word of God is the Bible, John 1, 2. It's Jesus Christ. And the Word, go down to verse 12, 13, 12. But as many as received him, no, 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 13. And the Word was made flesh that's, and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. Your Bible is, is the words that's written in front of you. But it's just not about... One thing, it's about everything. It's about what God has said from Genesis to Revelation. The Word of God, you got to believe that thing. Not just, not just read it. I tell you, I read it four times a year. That doesn't mean anything if I don't let it apply to my heart. It means absolutely nothing at all. You know what will change your life? Some basic, simple things. Quit trying to get all the complicated things. Go back to the basics. If Jesus Christ told Ezekiel, I came to, I'm going to find the lost... And he tells you in Matthew and Luke, I came to seek and save that which was lost. What do you think he's here for? He's out there trying to seek the But if you forget that and don't let that sink in your head and know that your primary function is that, anything else goes. You can do anything. I can't tell. I was talking to Jake. I was talking to him out there today. Jake has been working out at the base, and uh, I, he hadn't been here for a couple, day, couple days, and I don't know exactly. Just his, his smiley little face, you know, you just kind of miss it when he's not there because he's over there in this one section by himself. You can't miss him. Some of y'all need to move on this side and fill in that gap right there, but because but, Jake gets all it. But I, I told uh, Travis today, he goes, well, and I thought Beth and me were the first ones out there. Obviously, we weren't. Jake beat us to it. And uh, Jake was holding the baby before anybody else. And I'm like, if that sucker don't come to church tonight, I said, I'm going to go find him. I said, I got an ID card, and I can get on base, and he can't hide from me. I said, I'll go get him. And I, then he, he comes in with a smiley face tonight and everything else. But the, the call, you know, I got a call on me. The condemnation, they will not take it all the time. They won't take it. That's okay. Let them just go find somebody else. You don't have to worry about it. The charge, preach the word. The word of God is your Bible. The word is Jesus Christ. Sometimes it just has nothing to do with, with that at all, man. You get in the Old Testament, it just starts talking about all kinds of crazy things. And the more you read that thing and you see the complexity that God has got, you've got to trust him. You cannot guide and direct your life and please him. It won't work. The only way you're ever going to do that is write out this book. And, and if you can read it one time and get everything you need, which you're not, but if you could read it one time a year and get everything you need, that would be great. I am finding out that I am, the older I get, the more I need this thing. And if I have this more, it keeps me out of trouble more. But what it does is it, it keeps me, I can't get woke. I don't know if I want to get woke. Uh, I have no idea to get woke, but I, I start watching all this stuff going on out there, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I don't want any part of that. Preach the word. Then he goes, be incident season and out of season. You know, sometimes you just don't feel like it. 
I don't know about you, but I always don't feel like telling somebody that they're going to hell. And I don't really always feel like, but you got to do it. Sometimes I really like it. Like we started up here today, I, it was fun. Sometimes it ain't fun. Sometimes, now Joe may like to preach all the time. Sometimes it's not fun preaching. Sometimes you, I'm like, I don't want to preach tonight. I don't want to preach tomorrow. I don't want to be there. Lord says you got to anyways. You got to be instant in season, out of season. That means 24-7, it doesn't matter how you feel. You just got to do it. You know what, you know what impressed me about my dad more than anything else? He'd get up every morning and go to work every morning. And he'd work all day long and come home every night. Now, he was the best drunk you've ever seen in your life. When he got off at 6 or 7 o'clock, I mean, he went right to the bar and got drunk all night long. And he would wake up in the morning and go to work. He would sit out on a backhoe in the day when backhoes didn't have the little glass thing. Those are sissy hoes. I mean, that's what those are, sissy tractors. I know, but see, you weren't, if you weren't in the day where I was at, you wouldn't even understand that. He would, you'd have to take the back seat, which was like your headrest, and you'd flip it up and you'd stick it around, and he'd sit on that thing, snow and sleet and hail and everything else, and he'd be out there digging ditches on that backhoe in the weather. Morning, and you know what he did? He's instant in season and out of season. If it was sunshine, he was working. If it wasn't sunshine, it was working. If it was sunshine and he was working and I was working in the ditch, and if it wasn't sunshine, he was up on the backhoe and I was still in the ditch. No matter how you look at that thing, he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. He had some character. A lot of times we've lost it. We get tired. It's, oh, I don't feel like something. And we, you can find a thousand reasons why not to do anything. Don't do it. Just, just be instant in it. Find some way of telling somebody about Jesus. If you got to, I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. In a few seconds, you'll get a smile on your face. <laughs> it is a, it's a great thing, man. Reprove. That means, the, that the word there means convince someone of something. Uh, you know, you got to, sometimes you just reprove people. Say, look, you know, you need a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Then the rebuke is a much rougher one. Well, I like the way the Lord rebuked the sea, man. It just listened to him. He's like, quit it. And man, it, it just did it. Sometimes you need that in your life. Then you got to exhort. I wanted to talk about exhort not a long time. You got to exhort people. Uh, brethren, you know what? You guys all come here for free. And you actually give money to the church to keep it going. You, you, you aren't, you're not like you're in the military where we got a contract on you. Uh, I'm not paying you to be here. You're here because you want to be here. I need to learn how to exhort you, to encourage you, to try to get other people here too. And that's, that's what we're here for as a church. We're not here just to have a spaghetti dinner, which spaghetti dinners are fun, man. And you will spend a lot of money. That's what Mike was trying to tell him. Uh, he, he was way low. I, I think that baklava went for like $300 last year, man. I mean, this, it was crazy. I, I'm not going to come just for that reason. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, but you know what? It's fun. He was telling these guys, we get together and you get this money and the money goes to put kids in camp and everything else. And people just go wild and crazy and have a great time. Sarah just sold a house, so she's got lots of money, man. So y'all just <laughs> chill out, man. Let her buy everything. She'll, she'll, we won't, we can get all the money we want. You just, <laughs> Just give her all the desserts she can write a check. But you exhort people. You stir them up. He says, stir up the gift that's within you. you God gave you something special. And he wants you to use that, to, first of all, for you. And it'll get you through this world sometimes, good and bad. But then it'll also get, get you to where you give somebody else. And then there's a caution. And, and he starts this thing out. He says, with long-suffering and doctrine. Sometimes you got to be long-suffering. And give people time to grow and give them time to move on. And keep the Bible where it needs to be. I believe the Bible is the word of God. I just don't believe a King James Bible is, is a King James Bible because somebody told me that. I made a comment Sunday about uh, uh, Bible jubilees and Bible conferences and all that other stuff. 
Brother, if we're at a point in our lives where we have to constantly be told that King James Bible is the Word of God, there's something wrong with what we believe. I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. I knew that in 1984. I don't need somebody else to tell me that King James Bible is the Word of God. God did. Now I need to learn how to live. This is what I need. I need a living conference so I can learn how to live this thing. And if I can learn how to live this thing, I can change not only my life, but the people around me. Jesus said he felt virtue go through him when that lady touched him. You know what that is? That's God using himself to do a job. He'll do the same thing with you. Have you ever, you ever talked to somebody and all of a sudden the hair stands up on your back of the head and you know that you're getting through? Yes, That's God. That's God right there. Amen. Guess what? Sometimes you don't feel nothing and you still tell them. That's just what you do, man. It's, you, just see the, you, just, you just fight through the thing if you have to. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Long-suffering and doctrine. Keep, keep your Bible right where it be. And then the caution. Timothy he says, 1 uh, Timothy 4.1, he goes, I charge you, 2 Timothy 4.1, he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God. Paul is making a plea at the very beginning of this to Timothy, and, and we could use that as a preacher, as about preacher, but it's really about all of us. I charge thee. Timothy, I'm charging you. Dr. Rubin preaches my charge. That's where he went. He said, I charge thee before God. He goes, Mike, you're going to stand before God. You're going to, that's rebuke. That's re- reproof, rebuke. Uh, that's, that's him telling me something. I didn't get mad at him. He says, Mike, you're starting this thing out. I'm telling you, he should have taken my diploma and ripped it up. He should have never given me an ordination. That's how I feel. He's seen something I didn't. And I think, you know what keeps me going? I got back here in my office. I got my ordination papers sitting on a cabinet sitting there. And the first signature on the top of that ordination is Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. And all the rest of them are okay. I got, I got William Grady on there. I got Bill Grady on there. I got do, uh, Dr. Uh, Donovan. I got, I got a bunch of people on there. But I'm like, the first one is Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. And every time I look at that ordination paper, I'm like, he saw something I didn't. I don't care how it felt. That old man seen something that I didn't see. And if he saw something, I need to keep going. If he saw something, I can't quit. I can't quit. Because the moment I get ready to quit, it could be the Lord coming back in two seconds. I was like, no, no, I can't quit. I just can't quit. I can't quit. I can't quit. Uh, my wife was talking to my mom today. I called my mom and talked to her. Miss Sue went over to talk to her. She's not here. So she, oh, she's right back there. So uh, Beth is sitting there talking, and my mom goes, she made you sound like a saint. I said, I am a saint. I said, 1 Corinthians 6.1, I'm a saint, St. Saint Michael. St. Michael the Great right here. That's me. <laughs> But to get my mom to say that and, and, and to balance that thing out with the Catholic Church, that's a phenomenal statement out of her mouth. Because what, what I was done, I was elevated up to a priest. I'm right there even with a priest now. I don't think I'm up there with a bishop or a cardinal yet, but I'm getting up there maybe, maybe with a nun. I don't know. I mean, it might just be the nun thing. I charge you, therefore, before God. That, that's been 43 years. 43 years I've been preaching to her. And constantly preaching at her, and preaching at her, and preaching at her, and preaching at her, and preaching at her. her. Forty-three years. You know, the Lord told me, I got saved. I said, Lord, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And I knew He was listening to me. I knew He's listening to me. I said, Okay, you said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I did that, and thou shalt be saved. And I did that, and thy house. I said, Here's my house, and I listed off everybody. My mom was one of them. She, she's going to get saved. If she's not saved, she is going to get saved before she dies. Because the Lord already said, I told him. It's like Gideon. 
Make it dry, make it wet, make it wet, make it dry. David, uh, if I go to Kelly, if we say at Kelly, is Samuel, Saul going to come down here? Yep, he's coming. That's God telling him he's coming. And then he goes, well, if I leave, will I live? Yep, yep, yep. They're going to give you up if you stay. And David says, I'm getting out of here, man. You know what God did? He told him what would, there's possibilities could happen either way. And he just told him what the possibilities were both ways. And both of them are right. If, the, if you do what you're going to do, either one of these could occur. David said, I'm going to make a new possibility. I'm getting out of here. And you know what he did? He left. Well, if he told me when I was just saved, 1980, that I told him this was my house, and he said, okay, that's your house. You know what I said when we started this church? I said I want five things. I knew I blew it. I should have asked for 10 or 20, probably 30. Uh, I only asked for five. I should have asked for a lot of money back then. I'd have got it because he gave me the five. I said, I want five things. And he goes, that's cheap, man. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, probably in heaven saying, man, that, that's cheap. That's cheap. Let's do this right now before he, he changes his mind and asks for another 30. I should have just kept going like them arrows and smacking them arrows on the ground. I should have kept going. Man, we would have had the Taj Mahal is what we'd had. And somebody else would have built it for us. But you know what that is? That's God. And you can trust him to do what he says he's going to do. And when Beth was sitting there talking, Beth was laughing. And my mom was sitting there telling her this stuff. And, and when she got ready to hang the phone, she said, tell Mike I said bye. And I've been waiting 43 years for her to say I'm saved. I wait. Sometimes you just wait. Instant in season and out of season. He said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we stand before. You stand before him. You don't stand before me. Never, you never will stand before me. You, your relationship with him is between you and him. The best I could possibly do is kind of help you along. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? That ought to scare you to death. Uh, and, but it, it should put a joy in your life. I said Sunday night, if you weren't here, I said Sunday night, Joe was, he preached on Joash. And Joash went out and did something he shouldn't have done. And he went out and fought a battle he shouldn't have been fighting. And as we were singing the last song, uh, Adam came out and said, you know, that's the same song I was going to sing. I said, oh, amen, that great minds think alike. And uh, then I, I was sitting there laughing through the song, and I told you all this Sunday night, but I was just thinking, Joash, I said, man, at the moment he closed his eyes in death, he opened him up in Abraham's bosom, and Abraham's probably looking at him, shaking his head. And, and Joash goes, yep, that didn't work out too good, did it? <laughs> he goes, I, I shouldn't have been out there fighting that battle. You know, sometimes we do things that we shouldn't do, and the Lord knows it, and sometimes it costs, but we serve a risen, living Savior. He's not, he's not this thing over here, this arbitrary thing over here that I just go to church and he's a statue somewhere or he's on a cross. No, no, no. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago. We're gonna, they're going to have Passover here in a couple of Sundays, and, and that's where he died. He died on the Resurrection Sunday. He came up that Sunday. But he did die. He died on a Wednesday. They hung him on a cross on a Wednesday. There ain't no good Friday. If he died on Friday, good, it wouldn't be nothing good about it. They try to say, oh, well, it's good that he died. No, it's not good the way he died. But he died for you and me. And he shed his blood at Calvary. And he wants you to know that he rose from the grave. And you already know that. You, I mean, this crowd knows that. And he wants you to know that I love you and I care for you. But there's some other people out there who don't know that. And those are the ones you need to go tell. And if I, you know what you need to do? You need to say, hey, man, I got, I got some stuff at the end of this thing. And I just keep wanting to go. I'm telling you, the reason I give out those prayer books is so you'll read them. It'll change your life. If you don't want your life changed, then there's something wrong because life is always going to change as you go through it. And it never is the same. And the older you get, things change. And they just will change. That's just what happens. 
But if you go through it the right way, it's a blessing, man. And, and you'll grow, and he'll keep you growing and keep you growing and keep you growing. And I said this beginning, I don't know if I finished it. As long as you're vertical and as you're breathing, he's got something for you to do. What you're doing right now, if, if you were finished with what you were doing, you wouldn't be here anymore. There's something over here that he has that he's trying to get you to go through. And if he can get you to go through, y'all pray for Rick Patton. Rick Patton's out in, in Arizona, New Mexico, somewhere like that, and he's got something really going wrong with him, and they had to do an art surgery today, and it sounds like it worked out good for him. But, uh, but they said he could never walk again. Uh, he's in constant pain and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, I was just sitting there thinking about that thing. I said, Lord, you know, uh, then I'm thinking about Brother Yoakum over there, uh, lost sight in his eye, and I said, you know, I've really never had, boy, I'm thankful. I've really never had much stuff like that ever happen to me, but here's a couple brothers that, that it is happening to. And the Lord said, you're going to pray for him? You're going to care for him? He said, it might not happen to you yet, but here's two guys, man. And, and you know what I told Dave? I said, Dave, sometimes God runs you through stuff to get you. David, David did exactly that. He got, got kicked out. Saul was trying to kill him. You know what God was doing? was moving David into the places where David needed to be so that Ziklag could get caught, burn on fire, so David could go over there and come get out of the way so when he takes Saul, Saul out of the picture, David's over here in the clear, and he comes back in Judah, Judea, and then next thing you know, he's king, and, and the rest is history. You know what that was? All that trial and tribulation, you ask David as you're going through that thing. Was it fun? No, it probably wasn't. Boy, down the road when he's laying on his bed, he's like Paul. He's getting ready to turn the thing over to Solomon. He's done. He's finished his course. David's still got a smile on his face, and he still served Jesus Christ, and he still loved God. And, brother, that's all I want for me. That's all I want for you. I want you, and that's what I want for others. We got a new little baby in church. I told him we got a new church member, man, a little baby. I said, she's going to be, I said, she's a little liar, man. She's crying already. And, and Michaela and, and uh, uh, Travis were laughing about that. And, and, and she's just a little baby, man. That's all she is. And we get an opportunity to help her along the path down the road a ways. And I'm like, Lord, that's what this church needs to be, not just for us, but for others around. Father, thank you for your blessing tonight, Lord. And help us to never forget what our brother Paul did for us 2,000 years ago. Lord, he's on the other side right now, Lord, and he's left us some instructions uh, for this side. Lord, help us to see those and, and uh, implement them in our lives. Lord, uh, I just pray that you'd bless and, and uh, work in the lives of each and every one that's in the room tonight. And all the others that's in our church, Lord, and, and those around us that we have an influence on, uh, Lord, to show them exactly how to walk through this world. Uh, Lord, this, this woke stuff, this garbage is just going on out there, Lord, and they have to live in it and work in it. And, uh, Lord, I, I thank you you got me through where you got me through, but, Lord, now it's their turn, and I just pray that you put your hand upon them. Bless them, Lord. And, Father, thank you for our little church. And use us, uh, Lord, for your, your glory and your honor. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.